Well, we started a new month, July, and we started a new theme, Walking with God, Walking with God. And our theme scripture is from Genesis 5 and 21, 22, sorry. And it says, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. For God took him. It means God took him out of this world. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when God takes us out of this world. Amen. And the key is walking with God. That's the key. And that's what we're going to be studying this month. Different ways and different things about walking with God. I want to walk with God closer. You know, the scripture says two cannot walk together unless what? They agree. That means not that God has to agree with us. We have to agree with him. Amen. That's the key to being raptured is to being able to say walk with God. Hallelujah. You know, the very first um, conversation we see, it, it appears in Genesis that there was a time when God would walk, it says, in the cool of the day. And he would talk with Adam and Eve. It says the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. They had such a close relationship. As I said, I don't know what they could have asked for except to give thanks. If you have everything, what can you ask for? Amen. All you can do is give thanks. Amen. And thank God for all this beauty that he had created for them. And the Bible says that was the relationship. They walked with God. And so the day that they fell, he came into the garden. It says, and the voice of the Lord walked in the garden. But there was no Adam and Eve. This is the case with us today. There are people who have separated themselves from God. They're not walking with God. But we want to get back to walking as close as we can because that's where we will get knowledge. That's where we will get understanding. That's where we will get revelation. We see that after the resurrection and the, the disciples couldn't understand that Jesus had died, their Messiah, the one they thought was going to restore the kingdom. And the Bible says there were two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus came up with them. And the Bible said he started to explain things to them. When you walk with God, he will explain stuff to you. It says, and their hearts burned within them because light was starting to come in. Understanding was starting to come in. When you walk with God, there's going to be changes. There's going to be relationship. And the, the, the way you get your answer, prayers answered is when you have a relationship. You can't go up to a stranger and ask them for something, can you? Well, you can... But the first thing they'll say is, do I know you? Do I know you? That's what God is going to say to some people. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Those are people who did not walk with God. So we're going to be looking at that in several aspects. And the subtitle today is The Road of Sanctification. Now, some of this I've taught before. But you know how we learn? By repetition. That's how we learn, by repetition. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Now, the Bible doesn't go into a lot of detail what that means, walking with God in terms of, of what uh, Enoch was doing. But one thing we do know is that means close. That means close. You know, when you walk with someone, after a while, you learn some things about them, right? If, you, if you're buddy-buddy with something, someone, you're going to talk and you're going to learn some things about them. You're going to learn uh, what they like and what they don't like. See, my wife knows the thing, kind of things I eat and things I don't eat. She, I know the kind of things she will eat and the kind of things I can tell you right now, don't, don't bring it because she's not going to eat it, right? When you have a relationship, you're going to learn some things. And this is the key to pleasing God. The Bible says that he pleased God. In the New Testament, it says that he pleased God. Amen. Abraham. All of the patriarchs, you'll see it says that they walked with God. And so we're going to study this month different aspects of walking with God because we are on a journey. We're not at a destination. When you get saved, that's not a destination. That's just a waypoint. That means you've, you've gotten to a certain point. But we're still on a journey. And the closer we can walk with God, the better it is. 
So when we talk about walking with God, it's because we want to get to the destination. The destination is salvation. When are we saved? Amen. Well, 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says this, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. And I know it doesn't show up there, but it says through sanctification. Everybody knows what sanctification is. What is it? Separation. You are going to have to make a choice. Joshua said, choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. Is it going to be the gods before the flood, or are you going to serve Jehovah? We always have a choice. Do you know that? A lot of times we think we don't have a choice, but we always have a choice. And the choice is going to be, who do we serve? It says that you are, God chose us to sanctification. Let me read it again. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. How? Through separation, through sanctification. We've been chosen for salvation. But the separation has to be with us. It's no, you know, it's like when you're at high school and they're picking teams. Everybody lines up against the wall and you get the two captains. And you say, I'll have him, I'll have him. But once they choose you, what are you supposed to do? You walk and you go, be right, you have to respond. You have to separate yourself from the group to show you have been chosen. God has chosen us, but now what do we have to do? We have to walk up and start walking to that team. If we stay where we are, it means we're not accepting the choice. That's what it's saying. So, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you, to salvation. Jesus said he would that none be lost. God doesn't want anyone to be lost. His relationship, it's like it's you. if you have children, you want all of them to do well. Anyone who have children just want one of them to do well or one of them to be, so you want every single one. And if, if just one of them, if you could have 10 children, if one of them isn't doing well, you're burdened, right? You're worried. You're concerned about the one who is not doing so well or is gotten themselves in some mess. God has chosen us, the Bible says, to salvation. But now we have to step up and join his team. We have to separate ourselves from a lot of stuff. We have a choice. We have to make a choice. Now, the Bible speaks about different words in the Old Testament that are related to this separation. And, of course, we have this one about holiness. Holiness. In the Hebrew, it's Kodesh. Kodesh. And we're going to look at what that means. I know we've talked about it before. And then there's another word that means sanctification that's almost similar, and it's kadash. And then we have the opposite, which means common. God wants us to look at him as not being common, to treat him like just some other bro or just some other BFF. God is supposed to be on a platform. We've got to elevate him. He's not just a common you know, so when we treat things commonly, when we treat church commonly, when we think, oh, it's just another service, what we're doing is we're pr- being profane. That's the word. So there's three words I want to talk about today on the walking with God. Kodesh, or holiness, sanctification, and profanity. Or, 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 or that word comes from being common or uh, not being held in regard. Now, holiness is the destination. We cannot make ourselves holy, but we are on a journey. The moment you leave sin, the moment you say, I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be baptized, I want to be filled with the Spirit, you have started the journey towards perfection. And you're doing that by sanctification. So you get the difference? Holiness is the destination. Sanctification is the way. By starting to separate ourselves from things that drag us down, things that fill our mind with, with, with negativity, things that take us in the wrong direction, things that are profane, things that defile. So Kodesh is a state of being. It's the set apart. It's the end result of separating yourself, of, of taking off stuff and separating yourself from mess and drama. Anyone hate drama? <laughs> I don't like drama. Amen. I'd rather let you win the argument than, than, I'll just say, okay, fine, if that's what you want to believe, go ahead. 
you know, because when people don't want to see truth, no amount of reason can make them. I, I saw something, I don't know if I posted it on fa- Facebook, it says, you can't reason with someone who came to their conclusion outside of reason, right? You can't use logic and, 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 and uh, thought to show someone truth who came to their thought through just belief and no, no evidence, right? Because you're not going to be able to reason with them. So holy and holiness is a state of being. It, it's, it's, it's what we are called to. It's a, it's a journey. It's going towards that. And the definition as used in the, in the Hebrew is apartness. Holiness. Now that doesn't mean that I'm looking down my nose and saying I'm better than you. Because it's not me that's doing it. Right? I have no choice on which team I'm on in the sense of who called me, I have the choice of responding, right? Jesus has called us. It's our choice to respond. Amen. Now, so holiness is like the destination. That's where we want to get to. And we do that by sanctification. We walk and separate ourselves from things that will drag us down, people that will drag us down, you know, the friends that will get us into trouble, right? You ever had some friends in high school who they said, come on, let's go do this. Let's go, let's go do this. Let's go, go, let's go in the, the bathroom and light up a few. I did that. I wasn't the instigator, but I didn't, didn't choose a separate path. And wouldn't you know, the principal come and he starts smelling stuff comes in the bathroom and catches us. <laughs> Amen. You see, we have to separate ourselves from drama. Things that, that fill our mind and take away uh, um, our meditative state that we can focus on what God wants us to do and listen to that still small. That's why many times when God is trying to speak to us, we're not listening or we don't hear. It's not because God hasn't spoken to us. It's because we're not at the state to really hear. We've drowned out that still small voice with all kinds of stuff. So as I showed there, Kadesh, which means sanctification, goes towards Kodesh, which is holiness. We, we, we start to walk. We separate ourselves. When we're called, we gotta, we got to leave off some stuff. We can't be hanging around with people who are going to you know, get their mind all messed up with drugs or, or drinking. We, we can't participate in that. That's not what we're called to. And so we've got to be different. We've got to be unique. The Bible says you are a peculiar people. A peculiar people. A a, a called out people. A a special generation. We should be different. Not because we are looking down our noses at people. But because we have chosen to do some things in a different way. Because we have chosen to start to walk a road to relationship with God. So Kadesh, which is sanctification, goes towards holiness, which is the destination. And sanctification, consecration is the process. When we start walking, when we start listening to more word, the more word you listen to, the better you will be. Did you know that? The more word, I mean from the Bible or from messages or from praise and from worship, the more you listen. The Bible says that faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. So sanctification is, is, is involving getting more of God's word in your life. Taking out some of the words and things that defile you. Some of the things that are going to take away from that. And it doesn't please the flesh. The flesh wants to do what it wants to do. It wants to have fun. <laughs> it wants to have a good time. It wants to get that buzz. Right? I mean, that's why people do those things. What they're not realizing, though, is that they're lowering their spiritual resistance to all kinds of demonic attacks. When you're not fully in control of your mind, what you're saying to the spirit world is, hey, come get me. And that's why after a while of continued use, people who use drugs a lot, their their mind and their wills are, are so broken and are so... Uh, twisted, that they can't easily get back control. They're now under, 
the control of something else. Amen. Leviticus 20 verse 7 says this, Sanctify yourselves therefore. God will, will help us, but we have got to do the first step. We've got to separate ourselves from things that defile. When the children of Egypt, uh, sorry, the children of Israel were in Egypt, they were in a separate part of the land, and so God was able to give light over Goshen and darkness over the rest of Egypt. A lot of times the reason why God can't bless us is because we're not separated. Think about it. He may want to pour out all kinds of blessings, but he don't want to give it to someone else. And you're too close to a whole bunch of other things. When you separate yourself, then God can really bless you. We see that example, and we're going to look at that with Abraham, right? Sanctify yourself. So that word sanctify just means separate. Separate. Are there things in our life right now that we could do without? That, 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 are, that are true. I, sometimes I veg out just looking at, at, at YouTube videos. They're not bad videos. They're on science and stuff like that. But they're really not edifying. Right? So there is always more we could do. We're going to look at that next week about meditation. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be holy. If you start to separate yourselves, then holiness will start to be the destination. For I am the Lord your God. The other word of the three, we've, 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 we've studied Kodesh, which means holy. Kadesh, which means sanctification. The other word, which is the opposite of holy, is profane. And really it means something that is not special. It's the opposite of special. It means it's common. It's common. Like if you see a scent on the ground as you're walking, you may or may not pick it up. But if you see a $100 bill, you probably are going to pick it up. Right? Reason is, a scent is very common. It's profane. and It's all over the place. And it's all dirty and messy. You know, you don't even want that in your pocket. But maybe even if the $100 bill is dirty, you'll pick it up and you'll clean it off. You'll clean it off. You will start, it, you will start to sanctify it. Why? Because you want to use it. You want to use it because it's valuable. Right? But a penny is so common, eh, it's not even worth bending down and picking up and getting my hands all icky. You don't know where that's been. But you see a dollar bill, even if it's been ground into the dirt, 99% of us is going to go and pick it up. We're going to start cleaning that off. Why? Because we're separating it. Because it's worth something. It's not common. It's not common to find a $100 bill. It's more common to maybe see a scent somewhere, right? And so that's the difference with the word profane. It means something that is so common that you don't regard it. You don't, you don't elevate it. You don't regard it in any worth. So when we treat God, when we, when we don't separate ourselves, what we're saying, God, you're nothing. You're, you're, just, you're not worth the trouble. You're not worth my time. That's what really the word profane, and that, that, of course, makes God not happy. After all the things he has done, and we're saying, you're nothing, you're not, you're not worth my trouble, you're not worth my time. That's what, that's what the word, word profane means, treating God as if he's just like something else. That's what the word profane means, common. Leviticus 18.21 says, And thou shalt not let any of thy seed passed through the fire to Molech. One of the things they were doing, were doing human sacrifices. The other nations were taking babies and sacrificing them by killing them, offering them on an altar. In Leviticus it says, neither shalt thou profane the name. Meaning, they were told, don't, you know, in, today we use, the, the, there's a curse word, right, that they say. GD, right? You know what I'm talking about? That's profaning the name. That's making it like nothing. God told him, thou shalt not profane. Don't make my name. Don't use my name in vain. Don't just keep calling. If you're going to call my name, it's, it should be because you're, you're, you're elevating it. You're worshiping it. Ezekiel 44, 23 says, And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy things, which were special and unique, and the profane and common. That means the stuff that the priests used were 
unique. They were to be revered. God told Moses, tell them they can't just come up and touch stuff, right? You can't just come and touch stuff because I want to to get you to understand the difference between something that is common and something that is uh, holy. Teach them the difference between the holy and profane. Usually on a Sunday, you know, I'm a news junkie. I I love listening to news. Not because I love listening to the news, but I like to know what's going on. But I always, on a Sunday, I always tell myself, I make myself say, you know what? This day belongs to God. And on my way here, I always, if the station comes up and it's on the news, I always either turn it off or I, I put it on a, on, a, on a religious station. That's just because I'm trying to honor and elevate God and my relationship. In Ezekiel, the prophet was told, Teach the people the difference between the holy and the profane. Some people make no difference on a Sunday, right? They'll, they'll take it to go to the beach. Not that the day is, is in itself special, but that we should give some time to God, right? There should be some time that you do on a regular basis in your day that you say this time belongs to God, whether it's in your morning or in your evening or sometime. And we, the, the early church chose the first day of the week, which was Sunday. And some people make it profane. They don't treat it as anything other than a rest day, a holiday. Let's go to the beach. Let's go watch a football game. Let's go do other things. They haven't elevated. It doesn't mean something to them. We can do it at home. We can go to church at home. It, it, they won't make the effort to make that day holy separate themselves from other people in that sense. Cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. And that's why it's a blessing you are here today. Amen. Because you're, you're, it means you're elevating this time and saying, you know what, I need to be here in person. I need to be here in person. Amen. Do you know the Holy Ghost did not fall on the people initially, who weren't in the upper room. God did not stream the Holy Ghost to some houses down the block. He didn't stream it to uh, Samaria. Not on the day of Pentecost. It said those who were in the upper room, they were present. They were bodily, physically there. Amen? Because they regarded or they honored the word that Jesus said to tarry, to wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. Amen. So the end result of sanctification or separation will be holiness. It's not something you call upon yourself, but just by separating yourself, just by responding to being chosen, by saying, okay, I'm a child of the king. Do you know Prince Charles and all the royalty, they have to be very careful what they do in public, right? Why is that? Why is that? Everybody is looking at them. You know, we should be the same way. We shouldn't be no different in church than we are at work and at school. People should notice, well, I've never heard you swear. I've never heard you use a cuss word. I've never seen you really get mad. You always come in looking, smiling. You always say, better than I deserve. What does that mean? I get asked that a lot. What does that mean when you say? And I start to tell him. I'm saying, well, I'm blessed. Things could be so much worse, but God has blessed me. I told one person I go to work and they actually pay me. Amen. I'm doing better than I deserve. Amen. We should be different. We should be separated from the world. People should know that, wow, I want what you have. Can I buy some? In the book of Acts, that's what Simon the sorcerer said. He saw what was happening. He said, can I buy some? He says, no, you can't buy this. No, you can't buy this. It's a gift of God. When you respond to God's call, to his gifting, then you can have an inner peace. You can have joy even though the whole world around you is going crazy. Now, the opposite of that, the end result of defilement will be profane. You'll be, you'll be just like everybody else. Isn't that what happened to Samson? 
Because he was special and he honored his vows, he never cut his hair. But you know what he said? If you cut my hair, I will be like what? Every other man, I'll be as weak. You see what happened when you lose separation? You become just like everybody else. You're not any special anymore. To be honest with you, as I told you last week, you are blessed. That's because if you have separated yourself, you are special. You are not the same as everybody else walking out there. You're God's child. He's got his stamp on you. He said, listen, I want you to, they are not of this world. How can you not be of this world, but in the world? He said, I want you to keep them. When you're not of this world, this means you're, you're really an alien. <laughs> I'm an alien. I have a card from the government to prove it, but I, I have another uh, scripture that tells me that we are, we are citizens of heaven. Amen. The song says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Okay. So how do we get sanctified? How do we separate ourselves? Well, the truth is it comes through the Spirit. Here's one of my favorite scriptures. I love this scripture. And I know I keep saying that, but this is really one of my very favorite scriptures. Because if you meditate upon this scripture, some, something will hit you. It says, for by one offering. Remember in the Old Testament, you had to do an offering every time you sinned. They had to do many, many offerings. They were doing nothing but animal sacrifice. A priest's job most of the day was just sacrificing. I mean, you would have probably got tired of that smell of the animals and of death and of blood. That was all they did. They had to do that 365 days a year. That was one of their main jobs, was just sacrificing for the people. But here Jesus comes, and he puts an end to that. He says, for by one offering... He hath perfected forever them that are. Okay, so what he's saying is, if you will separate yourself, he will perfect you. He hath perfected you. He declares you perfect because he calls those things that are not. So all you have to do is start to separate yourself from defilement, from things that are sinful. And God declares you perfect. Isn't that an awesome scripture? That's worth a hallelujah. That's worth an amen. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. And it does, again, it's not speaking about, you know, I'm better than you. No, no, that's not what it's about. All it means is I'm trying. I have left her of the Chaldees. I've taken one foot across the border, and I'm headed that way. And God declares, he says, he hath, past tense. When he died on Calvary, that's what it was all about. He hath perfected forever them that are separated. Boy, you, if, you, if you chew on that one for a while, that should give you joy. That should give you hope. That should give you excitement. Amen. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are separated, sanctified. Hallelujah. So all that means is the separation of unholy things, things that are common, the things that are profane. You know, there's some people, they can't say a whole sentence without dropping in a curse word. It's like a comma. It's become so common that it doesn't almost mean anything, you know, to them because they've, they've made it... So that it doesn't, they say it so often and so much, they can't say two or three sentences without dropping an, an F-bomb or something in there or some other word. It's become profane, profanity. That's where the word comes from. For by one offering, God hath perfected forever. And how does that happen? It's through the Spirit. It's through the Spirit. We of ourselves, our flesh, don't want to be separated from something. Because let's be honest, they feel good. But it's temporary. It pleases the flesh, but not the spirit. Paul in Romans said that the things of the world cannot, cannot please God because they are enmity. There's a law that we're fighting this flesh. This flesh on a Sunday morning doesn't want to get out of bed and come to church. Ooh, that bed. I, went, I woke up early at 6 and then I said, let me get another hour or two. And, I, and, and even then that wasn't good enough. I was, had to fight the flesh. The flesh would just want to stay there. 
Amen. So this sanctification is through the Spirit. If we start to meditate and talk with God through prayer and meditation, the Spirit will start to separate us from things. Start to separate us from things. I don't know where I heard this story, and I may have told you before, but there was this guy who had a really bad habit, you know, of smoking three packs a day when he came to to give his life to Christ. And he, it was such an addiction, he he was fighting it. And he was told, the way you do it, you, you just speak to the cigarette. Just before you smoke it, you take it out and you speak to it and say, I hate you. I can't stand you. You stink. And so he would pull out the this, this cigarette box and speak to it just like that and then light it up because he was addicted, right? And he did that for six weeks. Every time he would smoke, he, would, he was told he'd speak to the box and you tell it how much it's, it's terrible and it stinks and it's bad. And after six weeks, one day he picked it out to do that and he found that he couldn't smoke it. Something had happened. You know what happened? Spirit had slowly started to work. And now he was able to put that stuff down. He spoke to his mountain and the mountain moved. (laughs) So probably the best example in scripture is of course Abraham, right? God had chosen him to do something spectacular. You know what God had chosen him to do? To build a completely new nation. Can you think about that? God says, I'm choosing you and out of you, I'm going to build a whole new nation that is going to be mine specially so that I can bring salvation back to the earth. But here's the deal, Abraham. You're going to have to leave everything you know. I can't do it while you're where you are. You have to go and get yourself away from everything because where Abraham was was the centerpiece of pagan idolatrous worship. They they worshiped in Ur of the Chaldees, the moon god. They worship all of these fallen beings. And it was just too bad an atmosphere for God to work in Abraham's life. Do you understand that God wants to work in our life, but sometimes we're in an atmosphere where we are stopping his ability to bless us because we're too entangled. We're too tied up. We're too committed to a lot of other things. Leviticus 11.44 For I am the Lord your God, ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves. Before God could relate to the Jews, he told them you're going to have to clean up first. They had left Egypt, and after two months journey on the 46th day, they came to the Mount Sinai. And God said, listen, I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to come down on that mountain. I'm going to give you something special. I'm going to show you why hundreds of years ago I chose your forefather Abraham. But before I can relate to you, you're going to have to separate yourselves. You're going to have to sanctify yourself. You're going to have to take some time and get some things straight. He told them they got three days. And he shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall he defile yourself, therefore, with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. What he was saying is, I want to set you as a nation apart. I'm going to ask you to do some strange things so that you are different from everyone around you. First of all, I want all your males to be circumcised. Now, circumcision was not a, a very widely practiced thing. First of all, it's, uh, it's painful if you do it as an adult, right? That's not something that, that men really uh, care to discuss or, 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 or really go there with it, right? That's, that's something men just don't even want to talk about. But in doing so, it separated them from all the nations around them. And it wasn't something that was pleasant. It was something of the flesh that they had to cut. Now that's not nice, is it? And there were some other things they had to separate themselves from. And he said, I'm going to not not let you eat certain things because certain things I want you not to eat because of the way those animals eat. I want to separate you so that you are different. So people will know that Israel is a different kind of nation. Have you heard about them Israelites? Their men cut, cut themselves. All of them. Wow. Why do they do that? That's painful. 
That, that hurts. And you know what? There's a whole bunch of stuff they won't eat. They won't eat, they won't eat pigs, but man, bacon, man. You fry that up with some honey and grits. And, man, that's such good stuff. Wow, they're missing out. <laughs> Aren't you glad you're in the New Testament, not the Old Testament? Man, that, those, those hams, oh, those are great stuff. Yeah, they, they can't eat that stuff. They, they're not allowed to eat it. Oh, wow. More for us. Sometimes God will ask you to do some things that is going to be a sacrifice. It's not something that comes natural. It's not something that you want, but there is a payoff. There is a benefit. There is a great blessing because you then become his. Amen. You belong to him. He becomes your God. Amen. Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. He didn't know where he's going. None of us have physically been to heaven. But we believe and we see it by faith. Right? We've read some descriptions in the New Testament, but still... We can't really totally understand that, but we believe by faith. And Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees by faith. He didn't know where he was going. The Bible said he, looked, he sought for a city whose builder and maker didn't have hands. That's why he lived in tents his whole life. See, he understood he was on a journey. When you don't understand you're on a journey, you put down roots. Right? You get too attached to a place. We should not put down roots in this world. Not unless we plan to stay here. And that's not going to be very good. No, we should live as if we are passing through. Nothing in this world should make you mine. You can't have... No. Because whatever you hold on to, the devil can hold on to too. Amen. Now... Abraham left her of the chalice, but he didn't completely obey God perfectly. He took all his family and his grandparents and everybody else he could. And then, of course, they allowed him to stop on the road. We find that out in Acts chapter 7, verse 2. It said, this is Stephen when he was before the Sanhedrin, when he was being examined and put on trial. And he said, men, brethren and fathers, hearken, listen. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia. That's Ur of the Chaldees. Before he dwelt in Charon. Meaning, God had told him, come out of Ur and keep going. But then he went out of Ur, walked a few hundred miles, and then stopped with all his family in Haran. Verse 3, and had said unto him, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. Now that's hard. Sometimes, sometimes family can interrupt your journey. Are you listening? Sometimes God wants to speak to just you. Sometimes he wants to deal just with you, but we try and bring everybody with us, and that's going to slow us down. And in Abraham's case, it stopped him in his walk. And he stayed stopped for five years until his father died. Genesis eleven thirty one. And Terah took Abraham his son, and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son's Abraham wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan. That was their intent. Our intent is to go to heaven. But you know what happened to them? They stopped. They stopped. Why? Because they came into some, some nice place that looked comfy. And the journey looked hard. Why don't we just stop here for a little bit? Let's just take it easy for a little bit. Let's, let's get comfortable. The devil is so clever. He is so uh, wily. He is so sneaky. He will make you get into a place of comfort and start to put down roots. When we first moved from Virginia to Michigan, my intent was to not put down roots. My intent was to come to Milwaukee. You know, that was just a temporary stopping place. My intent was, okay, we'll, 
We'll stay here till I can move to Milwaukee. 28 years later, <laughs> 28 years later, I finally fulfilled that. Who to tell if I had come back sooner, there could have been more I could have done. I don't know. See what it says? Their intent was to go to the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. <laughs> was that what God had told him? No. No. Sometimes we get into situations where we, we're dwelling there and God is, we've put God on pause. We've halfway, we've left Egypt, we've left Ur of the Chaldees, but we still haven't gotten really into Canaan. We're, we've, we've camped and we've, we've, we've stopped on our journey. We've stopped on our journey. And because of that, God cannot fulfill his word and his blessings as much as he would like in our life because we haven't really fulfilled what he asked us to do. This is all about walking with God. It's not about camping. It's not about stopping. It's about walking. We're on a journey from Egypt to Canaan, to the promised land, to holiness. And that's what God has called us to. But God is so merciful and gracious that he honored Abraham's first step. Genesis 17.1, and I know I've read this many, many times, but again, it's such a, a beautiful scripture, and it's backed up by what Paul says in Romans. Let's read this one first. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. God was declaring him perfect. Now, Abraham had wanted a son from the time God first spoke to him, which was when he was 75, right? But he delayed God's blessing by not actually getting to where he was supposed to be. And so he didn't get a son until he was 100. Now, here Paul is proving my point in Romans 4.17, speaking about Abraham. He said, as it is written, this is what God said, and this is before he had a child. He told Abraham, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Abraham didn't even have a child. Before him who he believed, even God who quickeneth, that means makes alive the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they are. That's why it's okay for you to say, I am blessed and highly favored. Let's try that. I am blessed and highly favored. You know why? It may not appear to you right now, but that's what God declares. Just as how he said about Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. Because when God has a plan, it's as good as done. Right? It, nothing can stop God's plan. If God says this is what's going to happen, and he declares it, then it's going to happen. It's just, it just hasn't been revealed to us. We haven't seen it. But it's as good as done. God told Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. <laughs> the flesh. He didn't even have a child. His wife was 99 years old. He was 100. Think about that. You may be looking at, at impossibility. But if you will start on the road, if you will start on the road, God can bring forth declarations into your life. He can say, Brother Tony... I still have many years for you. I still have a work for you. Right? He can, he can make a declaration just because we are still walking. It's up to us to keep... As soon as we, 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 we stop walking, then we put the, 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 the promise on pause. Sanctification gets there through obedience. And it wasn't until finally, many, many, many years later that Abraham totally fulfilled what God said, that God spoke to him again and told him, listen, now, now I got you. Now you have my full attention. Now you're walking with me. See, this walk is a personal thing. I can't have my father walk for me. You can't have your brother or sister walk for Relationship is personal, right? It's personal. You have to have, be on first name basis with God, right? We're not going through priests. I can pray for you, but that's not the, what God wants. He also wants you to speak to him directly. Amen? Genesis 13, 14. 
And the Lord said unto Abram, after he had sanctified himself from Lot. Lot wasn't necessarily a bad man. The Bible calls him righteous Lot. But just because someone is good doesn't mean they're on the same path as you. God's got a different plan for them. After the resurrection, the, children, the, the disciples went back to fishing. They went back to doing what they were doing when he called them. Jesus showed up on the beach and they recognized him. And he had built a fire and he already had fish and they came and had breakfast. And then he asked Peter some choice words. Do you love me? And most of us would say the same, of course, Lord, I love you. So I have a job for you. What? In other words, why are you back fishing? What did I call you to do? You're supposed to be feeding my lambs. Do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Three times. And then finally, he said, Peter said, well, what about him? What about that fellow? You, you told me what I'm going to do. What about him? Jesus said, listen, if I, if I say he stays there, that, you shouldn't be worrying about that. A lot of us look at other people and say, well, what about them, Lord? No, I'm trying to tell you, this relationship has got to be personal. Personal. It's got to be one-on-one. One-on-one. We're, God is not into multiple, you know, those marriages where there's about five or six. No, that's not what it's. And Adam knew his wife, singular. We need to know God in that way, that we're intimate just with him. Amen. Genesis thirteen fourteen. And the Lord said unto Abraham after that lot was separate. See, again, when we're separated is when God will bless us. The more we're separated from the things that detract from his ability to manifest in our lives, that's why a lot of our prayers are not answered. We're asking God to bless us, and he's saying, yes, I will, but move over there. Get clear of this mess, or stop getting involved with this, or leave this alone, because I'm not going to bless mess. And we still keep praying, but Lord, bless me. Lord, solve this problem. He's saying, listen. It's in your hands. All you have to do is do this. Step away. (laughs) Right? Step away from drinking. Step away from this. Make a, a pledge in your heart. I will help you break that addiction. Speak to your mountain. So now he was separated or sanctified from Lot. God said, now look. From the place where there are. Look northward and southward and eastward. He was saying... Everywhere you can see, I'm giving it to you. It's going to be yours for inheritance. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. God is faithful. His word has to be fulfilled. In AD 70, the Romans came and pretty much destroyed the nation of Israel. They took all of thousands of them, they crucified, the rest they took out of the land and made slaves. And there was no more a nation of Israel for almost, for more than 2,000 years. But then in 1948, God's word is fulfilled and a nation of Israel is born in a, in a night. And that's all in the Bible. That's prophesied. It's prophesied. It says, will, will he give birth in a night? In one night? In one day, the, 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 in 1948, May 14th, the United Nations voted to establish the state of Israel. The next day, the state of Israel existed. God's word was fulfilled. Where is the nation of the Hittites or the Gergesites or all them otherites? They don't exist. The Edomites, they don't exist. But this one nation that God promised Abraham 4,000 or 2,000, actually 4,000 years ago, that I will give this same land to your seed forever, there it is. God's word is fulfilled. Isn't that amazing? God calls those things that are not as though they be. All you have to do is start walking. And he will declare some things into your life. As soon as you're separated. As soon as he was separated from Lot, God said, okay, now. Now I'm going to start fulfilling what I told you. 
because you've now finally obeyed me fully. Verse 15, for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. Now, I want to show you a principle that God is about separating because he can't get himself entangled in mess. If you want a relationship with God, it means you have to make a choice. The closer you are with God, the more choices you're going to have to make of things you've got to separate yourself from. They're not necessarily evil or even sinful. Lot was not necessarily sinful. But again, God had a special plan for Abraham. Right? So he had to separate himself from it. And we see this right from the beginning of the creation. What was the first thing God separated? The light from the darkness. Think about it. See? The whole time God was creating, he was in a process of sanctification. First thing he did, Genesis 1-4 And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And he sanctified it and declared it good. The whole of creation, if you think about it, was a separating. The light was good. And why was it good? Because God created it. Let's look at that some more. Creation requires separation. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. That was David's prayer. It means he had to separate himself from some things. Let's look at creation and you'll see that it was a process of separation. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. means an atmosphere. And let it divide. In other words, separate the waters below from the waters above. You ever looked at a cloud and wondered, how does that really work? There's millions of tons of water floating up there. And then God every now and then lets it come down as rain. But until then, it floats up there. Think about that. How does that work? Because God said so. Creation is a process of separation. If God wants to create something in you, it's going to come down to some kind of separation. Do you see that? Even in the natural world, that's what happened. So first he separated the light from the darkness. Then he separated the waters from, that were below from the waters that were above. In fact, there were three separations. Light from darkness, water from below from above. Anyone know what the next one was? That's right. The land from the water. He said, let the waters, the dry land appear. He separated the water from the land. Creation is about separation. When we want God to create something new, it's going to be us choosing to separate ourselves from some things so that that creation can come to fruition. And we see it in what God did in the Old Testament. There was a separation. There was a process to get to where God was going. Light from the darkness. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, how through the face of Jesus Christ. In fact, the New Testament tells us, come out from among them and be ye separate. As I said, a Christian should be separate. It shouldn't take you too long to know that this person is not common. You know, in my workplace, they've never heard me swear. I I know that for a fact because I just don't. There's certain things I don't do. And I'm not boasting. It's not because of me. It's because of him. Because I want to stay on this journey. Now, it may be that occasionally we fall down. Or just like Abraham, we pause. we We get waylaid. 
But here's what the Bible says. A righteous man falleth down seven times, but he gets back up. Get back up. Get back on the road. Don't let Satan stop you from reaching your end goal. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. How? Through the face of Jesus. When light is separated from darkness... Then we can see stuff. Then we begin to understand stuff. If we don't separate the light from the darkness, we'll never understand certain stuff that's going on in our life. But when God starts to shine some light, that's how we can see. That's how we get understanding. That's how knowledge and understanding comes. It's through separation of darkness from light. You know, there's a saying that you couldn't see the trees for the wood or you couldn't find the wood because of the trees. You know what that means? You're so close to stuff, you can't even really understand what it is. There are certain pictures that you have to back way out, then you realize what the picture is. Because you're too close, you have to separate yourself. Many times you don't even understand what you're going through until years later, and you look back and you're now separated in time. You go, wow, man, that was close. Man, I could have really messed up. You know why? At the time you couldn't see that truth. Because you were in darkness and you were too close to the picture. It's funny, you can see, but yet you can't see if the picture is too close. You have to back it down. Then you can see, you have to separate yourself. Then you can judge correctly. That's what God does when he starts to shine a light in our souls. Then we begin to see truth and we, we see how messed up we are. That happened with me when I was 18 and my dad took me on a little little ride and parked the car and started to tell me some truths. And somehow the light of God shined through what he was saying. I was able to see, he said, you know, some of the decisions you've been making this year are not you. And as a teenager, of course, at first, my first, well, you don't know, you, you know, we want to we wanna not agree. But then something made me, the, the light made me stop And I looked back on on some of the things I had chosen to do that year. And I realized, wow, that's different. That was not me. That's not like me to do those things. And somehow, the light of what he was saying made me to see myself. And through that, I was able to come to my senses. Sometimes God will take some circumstances to bring us to a place of seeing ourselves. That's what it took with the prodigal son. He had to get to the point where he was in the pigsty and nothing was going right in his life before he could really see and gain. And he realized, wait a minute, this isn't living. Look at me. I'm eating the pig's food. Even the servants in my father's house live better than this. Yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I made some mistakes. And sometimes it takes the light of truth to separate us from our mess so that we can clearly see. So God will separate the water from above, below the earth and the water above, so that we can understand the difference between the holy and the profane. That's what God wants to do, separate of the holy from the profane. 2 Peter 3, 5, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, that the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and yet in the water. God separated the land from the water. Creation is all about separation. separation. And that's why when we're baptized, it marks a separation. Baptism, we're separated from the old and the old nature. The Bible says we should rise to walk in what? Newness of life. Our old man should be buried. Buried by that water. We go down into a watery grave. Amen. We see that again, the next stage of creation was also a separation. Genesis 1.11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. So there had to be these three separations before life. 
He had to separate the light from the darkness, the water below from above, the land from the water, and then the next thing was the first life. Once we've separated some stuff, God can start to bring new life, new creation into our being. It wouldn't have worked to have the seeds when there was no land. It wouldn't have worked to have the seeds when there was no light because they wouldn't have lived. There had to be these three things separated before life could then be created. When we want God to bring life, then we have to make sure that we have started that journey, that we have separated. Amen. Let's look at it some more. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground. God used the separated water after he separated it. He didn't use it before he separated. What used to happen? The water that was in the firmament just condensed. He started to use it to bring forth life. After it had been separated, he used the water that was above to water the earth. Do you get what I'm saying? God didn't use it until it was separated. Because that is what will bring forth God's blessing. Amen. So God, after separation, God uses the separated water. He doesn't use it before. And in fact, it is the separated water that is pure. You can drink, or you used to be able to drink rainwater. Why? Because it's been purified. The process of separation, evaporation, only evaporates the water molecules, leaving behind all of the crud and the dirt. And that's why rainwater is usually, before all of the pollution, you know, in the smoke, was, was, was okay to drink. That's why it's separated. It can be used. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. See, God uses separated things. So sanctification, to sum up, I'm almost finished, is walking in separation, is leaving those things. It's, it's allowing God to create in us a new heart. And then it shines a light where we have a knowledge. We're separated from ignorance. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all thy ways do what? And then he shall direct your path. And that word acknowledge is just mean to know. In all my ways, I want to know him. I want to know him at work. I want to know him um, in, in my everyday aspect. Everyday aspect. I want God to totally use me in every way. And when we're separated from the, the, the profane, here's what Jesus said about us in John 17, 16. He said, they are not of the world. That's what I said. I'm, you're all supposed to be aliens. You may not have green skin or, you know, antenna, but you're supposed to be aliens. They are not of the world. When you have the Holy Spirit, when you're born again, you are born into the kingdom of heaven, even as I am not of the world. So we're, we, we first get a knowledge of him, then we're separated from the profane, and we're supposed to be separated from our old nature. If you could stand with me. Ephesians 4.22 says this, that he put off concerning the former conversation. That means our former lifestyle. When it says conversation, it means the way we live. The old man, which is corrupt, which is all about me, I, and myself, and what pleases me, I, and myself, according to the deceitful lusts. Because it is deceitful, it only lasts for a little bit. It's not going to be permanent. Yes, it feels good in the time, but it's not going to be permanent. That is the path to holiness. We first get the darkness separated, and so we get light, and we get a knowledge. We come to an understanding. The Bible says in Psalms 19, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Amen. Amen. Separated from the common. Because we are blessed and highly favored, we should, we, should, we should hold our head up. Not out of pride, but out of thankfulness. Lord, I thank you. Because you have chosen me from the foundation of the world. 
And you've given me the opportunity to be sanctified, to walk in a different light. He says in his prayer, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And then separated from our old nature that we put off concerning the former conversation, former lifestyle of the old man or old woman, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Because it wants to please itself. It wants to do things that are temporarily uh, pleasing to the flesh. I mean, drugs, I'm sure. The closest I've come is when they've given me that gas and, uh, in the dentist. And yeah, that felt good. I felt the best sleep I ever did when I woke up. I thought, wow, if this is what drugs is, I can understand why people like this stuff. I was only under for half an hour, but it felt like I'd had a 24-hour sleep. And I was happy when I got back up after the, that, what they call laughing gas. And I thought, wow, I can see why people get addicted to this stuff. But guess what? It's only temporary. After a while, it wears off. And you need, it, you need to go do it again. Right? Same thing with, with, with the drink. It, it's only temporary. It's not, it cannot permanently fix the insides. It's just like the fig leaves. It's a covering that is temporary. But only Jesus, only the Holy Spirit can permanently separate those things that corrupt and that, that, that tear us apart and that can bring us a new life and a new creation. Amen. Hallelujah. We are going to continue next week on part two, which we're going to focus a little bit about walking in meditation. We've talked about separation, but we want to talk about having a conversation now with God. Hallelujah. I'm going to close our Sunday school this morning, and I believe God has got a word for us. We're going to come back in and worship and give God praise. So if you could bow your hearts with me, Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, that you have called us through sanctification to salvation. Lord, your word, hallelujah, and your spirit are able to do what is not possible for us humans, Lord God. But you said with God all things are possible. Lord, we ask you to just sanctify us right now. Help our thoughts and our minds to be focused on you, Lord God. The Lord, in our second service, let your spirit, Lord God, flow. Let there be an anointing that will break every chain. Lift up those who are downhearted right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give them hope. Let them know, Lord God, that you have come to co- create a fresh and a new and that we are blessed and still highly favored. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor that is due your great name. In Jesus' name, we thank you right now. Hallelujah. Let's praise God. Give him a a praise offering.